Hello, world, and welcome to I Was Only Trying to Help, the podcast where we help you help other people. I'm Kate. I'm here with Leslie. Leslie, how's your day going? Great. Thanks, Kate. Yeah? We hanging in there? I am. How are you doing? Good, good. We're eating mac and cheese this time around. I feel like the listeners need to know what we're eating all the time. <laughs> so it sets the, the tone of the show. What you should know is that Wawa mac and cheese, better over time. <laughs> it ages well. It ages well. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, here we are for, uh, there's no way to transition from, <laughs> from congealed mac and cheese. Here we are for the last part of our Tough Love series. Uh, I'm almost sad to see it come to an end, Leslie. <laughs> uh, it's been kind of fun dispelling myths about tough love. And, you know, I think that, I think sometimes this comes from such a good place of thinking if I do more to help this person, then they will receive more from me. And that's just a misconception. So let's recap where we've been. In part one of our Tough Love series, we talked about scare tactics, shame tactics, and guilt as a form of tough love. In part two, we talked about cutting people off or maybe cutting out relationships that that might be dysfunctional or toxic, and we talked about that as a form of tough love. In part three, we talked about ultimatums as a form of tough love. We talked about ways to frame that that might be more helpful and a little less threatening. So here we are in part four, and we're gonna talk about reality checks. Um, I'm not even kidding when like just yesterday I overheard someone say, that girl needs a reality check. Um, It's a saying or like a phrase that we throw around a lot. And like, what does this even mean? What do you think when you hear someone say, oh, well, you know, so-and-so, I had to give him a reality check. I guess that that person feels that their friend or you know partner or whoever um, th- has lost touch with reality, does not understand maybe how they're being perceived or what the you know sort of real life maybe consequences of their actions are. Yeah, I think that that is true in like best case scenario. Right. <laughs> so I'm gonna pose maybe my more pessimistic view of this because. I think the implication when you say, like, I'm going to give Leslie a reality check, I think the implication is that I have some knowledge or insight that Leslie doesn't have, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to aggressively shove it in her face and force her to see things my way. And I Ah, might... so you've read some articles on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) I may have done that, yes. Um, You know, and, and I tend to think... That when we say things like, oh, I'm just going to give that person a dose of reality or a reality check, it generally, maybe not always, but generally includes some form of humiliation Mm -hmm. for the person on the receiving end. Maybe not public humiliation. It could just be between the two of you. But there seems to be this implied um, result that that person's going to feel stupid when they see what I have to say. I can't think of a time where someone has like said like reality check x y and z that i haven't been like oh. right you you had a negative reaction oh, yeah i'll give you a reality check right in your face yeah and sometimes that reality check is totally accurate information it still might result in feeling embarrassed about like what i didn't know all along 
Um, and so I think there's there tends to be, and again, I'll, I'll keep like um, sort of cushioning this with it doesn't have to be this way, but there tends to be this dominating tone when we say she needs a heavy dose of reality and I don't care if she gets upset, I'm going to make her face the truth. Like, or like you know best mm-hmm. and that person's feelings are not as important as telling them about themselves. Yes, and when you're saying that person's feelings are not as important, I think there's this implied moment of elevating my own need to feel like this almighty truth revealer. Mm -hmm. And if the outcome you're looking for is that you get to feel really good that you showed this person the reality, rather than the outcome being that they see reality, those are different things. And so I would ask people, when you're tempted to give this like gut check of reality, ask yourself, am I more concerned with this person seeing reality or am I more concerned with me being the one to show it to them? Mm-hmm. And those are different things. And if you are more concerned with being the one to show it, you might be in this for the wrong reasons. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that's a moment of self-check. You, mean, you might need to give a reality check to yourself. <laughs> yeah. Are you trying to help or are you trying to feel... Um, uh, substantiated or you know um, powerful yeah mm-hmm. yeah so and on the other hand if your goal is truly to help this person gain some perspective well there's a way to do it that probably doesn't fall under tough love at all I would guess so I have a couple of guidelines for that maybe we can try this out um, and I'd, I'd really love to hear your insight on this so I think first it can go a long way to see the good in this person before you try to imply that there's something they don't know or don't understand or have been in denial about, first highlight something positive. And look, I know sometimes it's tough. (laughs) I know. But I also happen to believe that even though it's tough, it is also possible to always find something positive to say. There is some really interesting research um, that I'm going to try not to bore you with, but This actually came from the University of Pennsylvania, and the researchers here from the School of Public Policy were interested in how people take in information, Um, and I'll bet you can imagine why people in public policy care how we take in information. Mm -hmm. They were also interested in, in this idea of seeing the good in people, seeing strengths, so they enrolled a bunch of people in a research study and gave everyone, they told them it was about exercise, but it, it wasn't really, at the end of the day, ever about exercise. Um, they gave everyone fitness trackers to wear, and they hooked their brains up to brain imaging machines to take a look mm-hmm. at their brain activity. And they told half the group, here are the benefits of exercise. Here's why you should be exercising more. Kind of that like reality check of exercise mm-hmm. is good for you. Right, right. You should be doing this. And then sent them on their way. Your heart is a muscle. Yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe you've heard this before. <laughs> so sent them on their way and said, wear that fitness tracker and report back to us with how much exercise you do. Now, the other group eventually got that same information about the benefits of exercise but before anybody shared that with them they talked to that group about their strengths and skills and what they're good at Hmm. and then after they saw all the positive things in this group they said oh by the way here's the same information we gave the other group about why exercise is good for you leslie which group do you think exercise more the ones who talked about their strengths or the ones who just got information 
I mean, I feel like I'm. Uh, there's only one right answer here. <laughs> it's probably the group that heard their strengths first. Thanks for humoring me. <laughs> yes, exactly. That is true. That is not why I bring it up, though. What was really interesting in the study is when they looked at the brain activity, mm. they found that in the moments when a person is receiving that kind of affirmative comment about their strengths and what they're good about, what they're good at, the part of their brain that takes in new information was activated. It's the part of the brain that says, this is self-relevant, this is important to me. And with the group where they just told, like, you should exercise more for these reasons, that part of the brain was dormant. It didn't light up in the brain scan. So I think this is really important. If you want to challenge someone's beliefs, if you want to give them a reality check, so to speak, or even just some new information they hadn't heard before, and you want to hedge your bets that they're gonna actually hear it and take it in, you're gonna wanna see some good in them first and highlight first, wow, you know, you really know a lot about this and you've worked really hard and you're good at so many things. And I also have this little piece of information that you might find useful. <laughs> Keep in mind that family member at the Thanksgiving dinner table who says something outrageous, go. Something outrageous. And your first inclination is, to, is, is probably to like whip out all of the, the stuff you know because you're smart and maybe you've been waiting for this moment because you're upset about some other political drama that's happening and you're like, I'm gonna let them have it. Um, you have a choice. The choice, you could tell him that he's an idiot. You could humiliate. Yeah, oh mm -hmm. yeah, you could humiliate him. <laughs> oh, anyway, leaving that aside. Um, Leslie's hanging on to tough love. <laughs> right, right. Um, there's something that's been said and you know that's not real. They need a reality check. Know that ultimately you care that that person's going to take in this information. Mm -hmm. I know it's hard. So Uncle, what's his name? Bob? I don't know. Sure. I have an Uncle Bob. I want him to know if he's listening. I'm not talking about you. <laughs> Just the first name that came to mind. Uncle Bob, it's you know one thing that I do really admire about you is that you're really committed to your beliefs and you're not afraid to stand up for yourself and you're not afraid to advocate for what you think is right. And I know that when you start advocating, it's because you really think that thing is right. And I think we maybe have that in common. We probably have that in common. That's a great quality that I actually wish more people had. I also wonder if you would be willing to just hear how I see things, not asking you to see it my way, just asking you to know how I see things. Are you open to knowing how I see things? Now listen, I'm asking, and I'm, I'm stopping the scene now, and I'm talking to the listeners and Leslie now, not Uncle Bob. <laughs> I, I'm asking the question, and I would beg all of us to only ask the question if you are prepared to hear no. Mm -hmm. Because I think sometimes we ask, could I share something with you? And then we are outraged when we hear no. Mm -hmm. Well, you asked. Right. So I'm asking you to step one, see the good in this person. Step two, ask if they are open to some input and be prepared to hear no. And if they say no, that is actually a great sign for you. Because if they're not willing, if, they have, if, if their fight or flight impulse is up mm -hmm. and they can't intake any new information they refuse to they're not going to treat you with respect they don't care that you have your 
doctor in political science, you know, <laughs> then you're off the hook, you know, then then that's that. That person doesn't want to have a rational conversation. Thank you for letting me know that. Yeah. And How is the pudding? <laughs> <laughs> Pass the mashed potatoes. Right. So back to the steps. Right. Okay. So you want to give this reality check. Step one, see some good in that person, um, as hard as it may be. Mm -hmm. Step two, ask if they're open to some input only if you are willing to hear no. If you're just going to shout it anyway, I guess you might as well just shout it, folks, because right. there's no point in asking the question just to get mad at the no answer. If you get a yes, I would suggest that you offer one little brief thing. Be quick about it because people are only giving you like two seconds to make a point. Mm -hmm. Be Offer one tiny little tidbit and then ask for a reaction. Something like, you know, Uncle Bob, I read this. Have you heard that? So fast. And it's just a little thing and then he gets to react. And then you can offer, if it went well, you can offer another little thing and he reacts. And then if that goes well, you can offer another little thing. But what happens is we ask permission to give information. Someone graciously says yes, and then we end up on a soapbox for 45 minutes. Right, right. So I would say, see the good in them, ask if they're, if they're open to your input, give a little input and then ask for their reaction. Give a little bit more input and ask for their reaction. You can keep cycling through that. What do you think? And I mean, you might actually end up having a decent conversation um, and not you know, getting written out of somebody's will or whatever. Um, <laughs> And in, in, you know, that person might say, well, no, did you know that I've read that X, Y, and Z? And you're like, that's some 4chan stuff, man. That's not true. <laughs> um, and then, you know, I'm not saying that these, these conversations always go well. But oh, God, you, they rarely do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the, the mystery sauce. Um, but what if you planted a seed? Yeah. Or built a relationship with this person who might listen to you someday down the road. Yeah, not everyone needs to be canceled. Some people do. Um, but as we said in previous uh, uh, conversations, but um, I think that that might that might be a little helpful with when you want to give someone a reality check, um, and I mean a reality check is different than a like a hockey check. Mm. <laughs> it should be, yeah, and it should be right. different. And yet, oftentimes when I hear someone say, "Oh, well, don't you worry, I gave her a reality check." What they described to me sounds like a hockey check. I mean, it, it's it's heavy and it's not ever really meant to be helpful. It's meant to be self-serving somehow. It makes me feel good. Right, right, right. All right, listeners, we have a treat for you. <laughs> Leslie and I are going to do some acting. <laughs> acting. We may... We, yes, let's practice our, our voices. Unique um, in New York. New York's unique. You know you need unique New York. We may laugh all throughout this um, because listen folks for all the skills that I have maybe writing little skits is not one of them. <laughs> or maybe it is. Don't tell me so short. Well we're going to find out because I wanted to give an example of how this could go. The, the guidelines I just laid out. Um, so as a review number one guideline is see the good in someone. Number two is ask if they're open to input. Number three is say something brief and then ask for a reaction. And number four is if it goes well, offer another something brief. I wanted to show this, but frankly, I'm sorry that I don't trust us. I didn't think we could just do it off the top of our heads. We kind of did with the Uncle Bob example. Um, so I wrote something out, and I want listeners to know that this is scripted because there's no point in trying to pretend like it's not. It's going to sound scripted. Um, 
So, I don't know, I thought we would just try this. And if sure. it's really awful, okay, if it's really awful, I'm going to leave it in because it'll be funny. <laughs> if it's a little bit awful, I'll just edit it out because it's not going to be helpful or funny. Right. So I either need this to be great or horrendous, <laughs> not in the middle. Okay, <laughs> pressure's on. All right, so um, just to set this up a little bit, we're going to imagine that Leslie is my friend and I want to approach her about her behavior while drinking. And we're gonna imagine that a lot of other people have been confronting Leslie um, with some kind of reality check. Other people have been saying, you need to get your act together and you're a hot mess and all this kind of stuff. Leslie is insisting that everything's fine and I'm going to try to offer some potential insight without dominating or humiliating with uh, that kind of traditional reality check way. So here we go. Here, I'm gonna open with Leslie. One of the things that I really love about you is that you're so fun. Uh, I'm often actually kind of jealous of you because you blend into groups so easily and you can just like make friends anywhere. Yeah, girl, I mean, I guess. <laughs> I just, you know, it comes easy to me. I just, yeah, have fun, you know? Yeah, you hardly even notice it. It's just like second nature to you. And And look, I know People have been on your case about some stuff lately. Th that can't be easy. I mean, whatever. Haters gonna hate. <laughs> so, obviously, you know what's best for you, and I certainly don't want to be another person piling on. But you want to know what I think about some of this stuff? Okay. What, what do you think? Well, I just know you, and I know how much you love meeting people when you're out with friends, and you're so good at it. And sometimes I wonder if you're missing out on connecting with more people because you're already pretty drunk by like 9 p.m. What do you think? I mean, yeah, I guess I see what you mean. I just know how much fun you having you, you have. This is the problem with the script. <laughs> I just know how much fun you have making new friends. And it's kind of a shame to see you meet all these cool people and then you end up forgetting by the next morning. Does that make sense? I mean, I don't always forget them. Right, right. No, of course not. Most of the time you don't. It's just once in a while you do, and that's got to be really disappointing for someone like you because you just love people so much. Yeah, I, I really <laughs> I hate when I can't remember people and they remember me. <laughs> yeah, all right, that was the whole thing. Woohoo! We need an we audience. We need like a laugh track, maybe. <laughs> woo! 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 Yeah! We like a, the full house laugh track. <laughs> I want to find that for sure. All I was really trying to convey there was those four steps, which was I saw the good in you. Um, I asked you if you would be open to hearing some of my input. I shared just a little thing and then asked for your feedback. And I mean, that was just all I was trying to show that it doesn't have to be an attack. It doesn't have to be humiliating. I don't have to come out on top like the winner of this. What do you think, Leslie? Yeah, I mean, I think that being on the other side of that, that conversation, um, when she said, you know, can I, can I tell you my feelings? Like I immediately was like, oh, here it comes, right? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. somebody else wants to tell me about my life and they don't know. And so people get kind of like defensive mm -hmm. like that, like you know, you're just you're just hating and you know you don't understand how it is. So if she had come to me, the point is, if she had come to me and said those things, I probably would have been like, get out of here, yeah, like, whatever, you. sure, like you know, I'm not I'm not hearing you. Nobody gets me. Mm -hmm. But the fact that she was like, what if you could remember everyone that you meet the next morning? And I'm like, 
well, <laughs> that would come in handy, <laughs> you know. That's not bad. Right, right. I mean, yeah. It is embarrassing when you go to the club the next weekend and the bouncer's like, hey, girl, and you're like, <laughs> How are you? Oh, I have so many follow-up questions, Leslie. <laughs> so look, I think you make a good point though, because when I asked you in the I know it was scripted and we were playing characters, but when I asked you, is it alright if I just give you my take on this? You know, the goal was to hopefully not have you think, oh boy, here it comes. But it is a possibility that someone will think that anyway. I can't control you. What's nice though, it's kind of win-win for me. Because even if you think, oh boy, here it comes, you're kind of thinking the worst now. Mm -hmm. And what's really coming is just one tiny little thing. Right. Um, and I'm just gonna feel out how that went. And if that went over okay, I might try one tiny other little thing. Right, and she didn't say stop drinking. She yeah. didn't say change your whole life. I didn't say you're a hot mess, you're embarrassing everybody, get right. your act together. Right, right, right. She was right. feeling those things, but you know. I really tried to tie it back to something that's a strength of yours. Right. That's a real positive thing about you that you probably want to keep. Um, anyway, I'm not crazy about these scripted things, but I think that kind of at least conveyed one possible way that could go. Frankly, I think our off the top of our heads Uncle Bob example might have been better, <laughs> but that's a lesson learned for me that we can do this off the top of our heads and you don't need improv. To. Yeah, we can just improv for the future. Well, with that said, I think that brings us to the end of our tough love series. Are you sad? I'm a little sad. Uh, I think uh, I'm searching for like how do we tie together all four of these? And I think I said this in an earlier episode, but I'm going to repeat it, which is it's worth considering how much of your tough love is tough and how much of your tough love is love. And if you find that it's a lot more tough and not a lot of love, I would just ask you to kind of reflect on that a little bit. Maybe some small changes here and there can, can be a step toward a slightly more loving way right. to approach these situations. If tough love is your, your response to all of the emotions and the disappointment and the fear bubbling up inside you and you're just gonna let it go mm -hmm. like the whistle on the teapot like that's that's not tough love that's uh, an emotional explosion yeah yeah if your tough love is your own act of desperation that's not tough love that's your own fears That's for you it's not for them yeah all right that's for you, that's not for them. That could be how we end every episode. <laughs> that's, I think, the theme of this whole podcast is some of the stuff that we do, thinking that it's helpful, is for us, not for them. And it's just worth reflecting on that. Thanks for helping me with that, Leslie. Since that day I live in a dream